My purpose is to help every black person within the tech industry obtain the opportunities and the career that they want and to make sure that my family knows that I got them. Welcome to the Purposeful Story Podcast, where we interview entrepreneurs, drivers, and social impactors who use purpose as the driver to achieve greatness. My name is Kobe Mponsa, and I'm here to provide you with priceless value that will last a lifetime. So let's get right into it. Today, we got Shanita on the show. Shanita is the founder of Melanin Tech, which is a network and community platform striving to provide a voice for Black people in tech. I first met Shanita back in the early early 2019, late 2018, when I was fairly early in my tech journey. And the one thing that stuck out to me about Shanita is that she is a very purposeful, driven individual. And she's purposeful in her mission to help Black people claim their rightful place in tech. Shanita, thanks for coming on the show today. Really appreciate you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. No worries. So Shanita, I always like to start off with the beginnings. Where were you born and raised? I was born and raised in Chicago, Illinois, the Windy City. It has so many other nicknames, but we'll go with the Windy City. Got you. And how long were you in Chicago for? Um, I was there until I was about eight. And then we moved to the complete opposite spectrum of the country, you would think. We moved to Madison, Alabama, and I was raised there until I was 17 when I then moved to Atlanta, Georgia. Gotcha. So you did a lot of moving around at a fairly young age. I did, yeah. And how was that experience for you, just moving around so often? You know, it was interesting because in Chicago, as a a Black kid, I felt I felt like everything was normal. I felt like I was a black child. Um, I had black peers. I was able to see black people. And then I moved to Alabama, which the city I live in in Alabama, I wouldn't say it's, you know, Alabama has a bad rep for many reasons, but Madison, Alabama is not necessarily one of those cities that kind of falls into that rep. But for a while, all I saw were the complete opposite. So it was a, a huge culture shift for myself and for my family to get used to. And it was hard. It was very hard. And even as I grew up and I became more of myself, I even realized, you know, around 16, 17, that I had to, I had to get out of there. And that's when I eventually moved to Atlanta by myself to just figure out a different way. Got you. Got you. And I've never been to Atlanta. We were just talking about this offline. But what's Atlanta like? Atlanta is beautiful. Atlanta is a it's a chocolate city. It's a a place where personally, as a black woman, I feel loved and respected and valued in the city where I reside. And that is a phenomenal feeling. We have some of the best food here. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. (laughs) But I feel like you can get any type of cuisine that you want in Atlanta. And for someone like me who loves different cultures, that's primarily one of the biggest reasons I stayed for so long. And it's a city full of people who who want to see each other do better. And it's nice to feel that connection and to feel that support and that empowerment from other Black people in the city, but from all people in the city. This is a very diverse city. 
but I enjoy it. Got you. When I come out there, I'm definitely gonna gonna give you a shout if you're there when I come out there. That is true. I will probably be gone. I am moving in a couple of months, but um, it's been a wonderful on and off 13 year journey here in Atlanta. But I think my time is up. But when you come, I can still give you all the recommendations of everywhere to go because I still know. All right, cool. So Shanita, when you look at your your educational background, like right now, you're you're knee deep in tech technology. Um, when you look at your educational background, it, it traditionally traditionally isn't in technology, correct? That is correct. Yeah. But one of the things that I've learned from you and even myself being in technology is that there are many other things you can leverage to get into the tech field. You don't necessarily have to have an educational, traditional educational background to be in tech. Why can you explain to us why that is why that's the case? Yeah. So the beautiful thing about the tech industry um, and something I want everyone to pay closely attention to is that it's not like a traditional job. Like, let's say for a doctor, you know, we, we do need that doctor to go through the necessary medical training um, to get all, you know, all of those years. And we do need that. But there are so many realms of tech to where what people like to call soft skills, which I'm not a huge fan of that word. I just call them skills. But this is an industry where your skills can shine no matter what they are, no matter what your background is. Like with me, I am a, a very proud college dropout. I did two years of college. One was at Alabama A&M. Uh, shout out to HBCUs. And that was more so because my mom wouldn't let me leave Huntsville because I was I graduated high school a year early. And then one year of college was here in Atlanta. And that's, that was my means of moving. I had no plans on sticking in with it. But I realized there that there are a lot of skills that people were learning, you know, in that educational uh, platform that just didn't really spark my own interest. And I quickly started to learn other things. I went to different trade schools. I'm actually a certified phlebotomist and medical assistant. So I just dibbled and dabbled in so many other things until I found out that there was an industry that I could work in where all of that stuff is relevant. Because no matter what you are trying to do in tech, there's always a way to learn it that you do not have to go the traditional route, but there's always a way to enhance your own skills to be better at it. So with my experience and a lot of experience of my peers, what it took was just realizing what I was good at, what people called my soft skills, capitalizing off of that, and then seeing what I could apply that to that was already, um, that was an existing type of employment. Got you, got you. And tell us about your experience when you realized that there was there was a need for a company like Melanin Tech. Oh, well, I will say it came from a bitter place. It came from a place of of sorrow. I was working for um, one of my first tech companies that I've ever worked for. And, you know, I always get a little choked up when I think about where Melanin Tech started because I wish I had like this grand story of like, oh, yeah, it was just an idea. And like, we were like, yeah, let's go for it. But it came from pain. It came from feeling so alone, knowing that I was completely qualified and I brought so much to the company, but no one really gave me, no one gave me my flowers. And it came from a place of like, just wondering who else is feeling like this? Like, I knew that there had, I, I mean, pfft, we all know there are a lot of people of color in this industry, and we know that this is not necessarily an industry that um, caters to people who look like us, if we're being completely honest. This definitely was an industry that started as an all-boys club, and if we want to dive a little bit deeper, an all-white male club. Mm -hmm. So knowing that there was a lot of pain and trauma that I went through with just one company, 
wondering who else needed that. And I was seeking something that I was looking for, but I could never really find it. I found some incredible organizations that do things very similarly. And we, we all have very similar missions, but even some of those organizations just felt like an all boys club or felt like, you know, I couldn't be my true self. Like I had to still code switch even within, you know, those orgs or those type of communities. Um, so Melanin Tech came from me wanting a place to where A, I could be a black woman and didn't have to code switch or act like anything other than who I am. B, I could also be valued and I could give value to other people. And C, I could just start to meet people who felt like I did. So eventually, collectively, we could change that narrative completely. Hmm. Powerful stuff. And it's when you started Melanin Tech, were you was there a sense of fear? Because what you were starting, there wasn't anything like it. Yes, there was a sense of fear. And more so because during that time, I was so, so accustomed to trying to be someone I wasn't. So in that moment, I was like, you know, even though I was so fed up with everything that was going on, and I was so tired of being treated the way I was, and witnessing other people being treated very similarly, I was terrified that I would lose my contacts or my friends in the industry or, you know, quote unquote friends and mm -hmm. the industry, I was afraid that there would be retaliation against me because at the time I was working for other companies. So yeah, I was, I was terrified and rightfully so. Um, Cause not too long after we started Melanin Tech, someone did attempt to sue us for discrimination. So that fear kind of came to be a real thing. Hmm. Someone's suing a black tech company for discrimination. That's interesting. It's very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, I commend you. I commend you on that. It's, it's definitely a brave thing to do. And, and what you're doing is 100% needed. I, I actually, you know, give credit to you for me, for, for helping me get into the tech industry myself. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely what you're doing is definitely needed for sure. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I love the fact that that happened. Like this is such a full circle story for me because like, yes, we got a chance to meet a couple of years ago, but the fact that we've been able to stay in contact and we've been able to watch each other grow, that's what this is about. Not just providing a safe space or, you know, throwing job opportunities here and there. It's about the connection. It's about building the ecosystem because that's how I truly feel like we get our place, our rightfully owned place in this industry and build from there. Mm -hmm. Very true. I also want to give you a, a huge congrats because you've recently taken a huge leap to take on Melanin Tech full-time. What made you decide to do that now and in the middle of a pandemic? Whew, yeah, you know, I still have a couple of family members who are uh, giving me that side eye <laughs> because I did leave a, a very comfortable job, to say the least. But with the recent events, um, well, I'm not going to call them recent events, with the world as a whole starting to pay more attention to what is happening to Black people, mm -hmm. um, at the company I was working for, there were a few things that just were not handled as I would have preferred them to be. I, I did not feel valued when um, when we lost, you know, Brother George. I did not feel valued when we lost Sister uh, Brianna Taylor. And just all of the things that were happened recently, I needed that support. Because for me, I put my all into what I do, whether it's working for you, working for, you know, my mom, working for myself, whoever you are, you're going to get all of me. And because you're going to get all of me and you know you're getting all of me, all I ask is that you actually care. 
Mm-hmm. And when you, when I feel as if you don't, I become heartbroken. And if I'm heartbroken, I cannot, I can no longer perform to the best of my capabilities. I can no longer put in that effort. Um, and then, you know, all of the statements coming out from just companies everywhere about, you know, we stand with Black Lives, Black Lives Matter. I had a moment of like, I don't believe you. Hmm. And I'm not a pessimistic person. If you know, if you talk to anyone, I know I am that person who's always smiling, who thinks that, you know, life is roses and unicorns and it's all going to be okay. But in that moment, I did not believe the vast majority of the people who were making these statements. And because I did not believe them, I felt so much sorrow for my brothers and sisters who were in the industry, who are are also at work feeling the same way. And that's when I I realized like, no matter, there's never going to be a perfect time for me to quit my job and take this on full time, but I have to do it. I owe this to the members of Melanin Tech. I owe this to our future generations. I owe this to my nieces and nephews. I owe it to people to put my all into this and give everyone what I think can help people. And so, you know, pandemic and all, I was like, okay, well, here we go. <laughs> and it just happened. Wow. Interesting. I, 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 the way I see it is just going to be part of your story. It's just going to add to your storyboard for sure. And if you look at history, you know, some of the biggest companies in the world, successful companies in the world have been started in the midst of, you know, crises, you know, um, yeah, terrible turmoil, like for sure. Like it's, it's it's almost like the perfect storm to to put it that way yeah i totally agree and and i've been so so gratefully blessed that i've had people from that company and also from outside companies who have reached out and said hey we believe in the mission what can we do to help and this is my first time finally saying what i needed because i'm i'm usually like oh nothing i'll figure it out just thanks for supporting me but no i finally began to tell people what would be helpful and people showed up for me People showed up and they showed out and they, they are at this moment. And because I have so many more resources and so much more support, now is the perfect time. And if, if there was any for me to go ahead and make that leap. Got you. So what is it that drives you to continue doing Melanin Tech every day? Because you're doing something that takes a lot of focus, takes a lot of determination. And... Um, what I want to know is like where that comes from. Cause you, you mentioned that you give your all to this. Like, where does that come from? Honestly, stories very similar to ours, like how we met and how you said I was able to help you with your tech journey and talking to the different people who I've been able to assist in any way that drives me to keep going. But even more than that, I have some phenomenal nieces and nephews who think I'm the cool aunt and who look up to me and they have no idea how impactful they are on my life and and my brother and sister, how impactful they are. But my family, they make me feel like, A, I'm doing something good for the world. And if you ask my mom, you know, she used to ask me what I wanted to be when I grow up. I used to say the president of the United States that has since changed, but I have been for years saying, I just want to help people. I just want to figure out how to help people. And the fact that I finally know now that how I can do that, I feel, I feel so charged up. I feel so ready to go. And while yes, this is an emotional labor because what I'm working on does directly impact me as well as a black woman in the tech industry. It's like, I would rather take on that emotional labor so I can make sure that whether it's 
tens, hundreds, thousands, millions of people like me can succeed, but also can just feel comfortable to be who they are, where they are. And for me, that's enough. Wow. Wow. Well, Shanita, when you look at most major tech industries, you, you already know this. There's a lot of, there's a lack of representation within the companies. Um, and I, I personally think they need to wake up because when you look at the foundation of, of building technology, um, even just, even just looking at like a design thinking approach, all the opinions that go into building the tech matter, right? Like having a, a variety of opinions matter. And if you have, you know, a one-sided opinion and we're just talking ethnicity or race, um, you're not really building the technology to its fullest potential, right? So, you know, having a diverse input is key. Um, and one company that I do admire that does that is, is Shopify. They're, they're, really, they're really good at that. I know a lot of uh, melanated people that work at Shopify and they're really good at that. But, you know, to me, this is like a no-brainer for companies. But why do you think most companies don't do this more often? Well, I have lots of opinions on that. Um, but I think my biggest opinion or my, my strongest opinion would be the fact that a lot of these companies are started, you know, founded and ran by people who identify as the majority of this country, of the world. Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if people have really taken time to understand what privilege is. We talk about it all the time. It is a, a hot topic right now. You know, diversity, equity, and inclusion is a hot topic right now, which that's another conversation to have. But I don't think people take enough time to just sit down and recognize what we mean by check your privilege. That privilege of having people who look like you, talk like you, think like you, agree with everything that you're going to say is such a toxic thing for any and every single founder and CEO to have. And that's why I preach so much about having a diverse board, having a diverse leadership team, because it, it definitely has to stop to start at the leadership level to work its way down. Diversity, equity, and inclusion is hardly ever going to be implemented properly organization-wide unless we can start at the top. Now, I think people just, to put it very simply, they get comfortable it's a lot more comfortable to have people who will agree with you. It's a lot more comfortable to have people who look and think like you, who don't have any opposing thoughts because you can just coast. Whether you realize that your customer base does not look like that or your, your team does not look like that, sometimes it's beyond them. And as humans, you know, we can face the facts. We all like comfort. It's, it's, it's natural, yeah, you know, yeah. like I, I, like I was telling you, I'm selling all my stuff cause I'm moving soon. And I was like, man, I hope my couch doesn't go too soon. Cause I don't yeah. want to sit on the floor. Cause I like my comfort. Yeah. So once we could all get comfortable being uncomfortable and realize that what we're doing is actually very harmful, not just to our companies, but to the world as a whole, I think that's when things will start to click, but no matter all of the statements and all of the you know, all of the stats and everything that, that's posted right now, people can't step outside of their comfort. It's very hard for them to do so. Yeah, it's, it's to me, it, I mean, obviously, um, with the way humanity has gone, like race, race definitely has a role to play in it. Racism definitely has a role to play in it. But it's still, it's still, 
it's like even just from a logical component, like black people make up one third of the world, right? Like I'm originally from Ghana and you have an entire continent that is literally filled with, with black people. Right. And, and as you know, even if you're just looking at science from a whole, um, if you have someone who is white, you know, have a kid with someone who is, um, who is black, you are going to produce someone who is black. So even just on that premise alone, <laughs> the black, black population is going to continue to rise whether they like it or not. So, mm-hmm. um, they better learn to, <laughs> to get along and, and, and include us because it's going to happen regardless. Right. Yes. So yeah, it's interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. And I like how you said that. And I do want to point that out. It's going to happen regardless. And I, I need people to understand that. So any founders, CEOs, leadership teams listening out right now, just know it's going to happen regardless. Whether you let us in or we build separately, it's going to happen regardless. So it will be in everyone's best interest for the entire world, for the entire industry that we work together. Because as you said, it's going to happen regardless. So what's up? Exactly. I just hope I, I'm alive to, to see it happen. I think I will be. Same. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> so much same. <laughs> so tech has been emerging for a, for a long while now. Um, I think in my opinion, even before computers were created, it's, it's been emerging. And um, although it's, it's taken, you know, a rapid leap since the pandemic has occurred um, and you being, you being in the tech industry, what has you know surprised you with the restructure of technology and this resurgence of technology today? Oh, you know something that has really surprised me, and this may be a little bit. Um, hopefully, it's not too far off of the actual question, but more so about the culture of tech industries and tech companies. Something that has honestly shocked me from the the surface of this uh, COVID pandemic is how hard people were fighting just to take away the freedom of people having a life that they desire. And I, I mean that in the sense of remote work. I think, you know, COVID, when COVID hit, we all had, we all, we had to be home. There was no way around it. You had to work from home. Companies had to figure out. And I was shocked. I was shocked at how hard it was for some companies and how hard people tried to fight against it. And we all know that I would say office culture can be a very toxic thing and it can yeah. be even more toxic for people of color, especially when they are the minority representation of that company, which, you know, for the most part, that's how it is in tech. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's almost like a lot of companies um, and they may not have even thought about this, but they wanted to keep everyone in office because there is a way to control the control, the culture, control, the thoughts, control, the behaviors of people when you can see them every single day when it is a co-located or co-independent company. And I think now with people working from home, they have a lot more time to realize, A, where those flaws are within their diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives within their company or organization, if they even have any initiatives at all. B, they're able to see, wait a second, I don't have to give you 60, 70 hours of my life, I can still do an even 40 and have time for myself and my family and you'll be fine. And see, they're able to see that there are, they are a lot more valuable to these companies and these corporations than they may have 
given been given credit for in the beginning. So, and you know, I've been working remotely um, for about three years, and I've realized all of that too. Once I had my first remote job, I was like, wait a second, we're doing things a little bit, you know, kind of kind of wrong. And I can see where that con- that control and that power dynamic comes from having everybody in the same office. So that's probably been one of the biggest shifts, one of the biggest necessary shifts I've seen happen in the tech industry when in regards to the culture. Very true. Yeah, it's um, I I never thought of it that way as well. It's interesting how I mean, even when you're just talking about in life in general, not even just in the midst of the pandemic, just life in general. When you put someone in a situation where they're forced to do something, they'll they'll do it. They'll do it, and it kind of brings back to the, the comfortable conversation, right? They they were comfortable, you know, they were able to keep things in control, and they were comfortable, and it. It just made sense to continue on with it. So um, you're definitely making sense in that regard for sure. Yeah. So one thing I want to mention too is that, as as I'm sure you know as well, tech is tech is worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, when I when I went to Ghana, I'm originally from Ghana, and when I went there for the first time, it's interesting. Um, you should check out this book called um, "The Lion Awakes." Uh, I forget the name of the author, but it basically talks about um, the investment opportunities in Africa and the technology development that's happening in Africa. You know, when you, when you go to like anywhere in Africa for pretty much you, they can actually transfer money over there a lot faster than we can over here on the Western world. Like literally just through a text, they can transfer someone money. Like it's, it's very, it's very interesting how, like their infrastructure isn't as advanced as it is here, but certain things in technology are a lot more easily done over there. Um, so yeah, coming back to, to the to question I'm asking, tech technology is worldwide, but where do you see tech in the next 10 years? Um, and then where do you see melanin tech in those 10 years as well? So where do I see tech in the next 10 years? It depends on a few different things. If this awakening that we have experienced in 2020 does us good as a humankind in the sense of mentally and emotionally enhances and um, produces things to be on on a better scale than what they were before, I can see tech being bigger and more uh, helpful and just more innovative than it ever has before. And I say that because if the lessons that we are supposed to learn as human beings from everything that's happened, if we actually learn them, I think tech will finally give people the space to be their full selves at work, whether they are working for corporations or for themselves, but they can have that space to be who they really are. And when you have that space to be who you really are, that's where the big ideas come from because you do not feel those restraints. You do not feel held back by anyone or anything. Our minds can go so much bigger than what we give them credit for, but sometimes it is difficult because we have, you know, speaking on, on being a black woman in this industry, there are so many odds against me that sometimes I can't even think bigger. I have to, you know, meditate and silence myself and go into a very small space just to, in order to, forget everything that's against me in that moment. Hmm. So if we give people the space to be who they truly are and show them how valuable that is, I feel like tech is going to be everything that we all need it to be to sustain the lives that every human being should have. Now, 
if we do not learn from the lessons that I truly believe that this pandemic and this time is teaching us, I think tech is going to go down the toilet. And I think it's going to be worse than it ever has in the sense of not being of um, a space or a realm of helpfulness. I think it's going to go into this greedy sector, which if we're being real, we know a lot of it already is. A lot of people do things straight up just for profit, just like you were saying, instead of actually having a purpose behind it. So I think if we don't learn the lessons we need, that's where we can expect the industry to go. Just crap. Now, that is, in my opinion, certain aspects of tech. But now when we throw in melanin tech into the mix, I do think there's a possibility to have some change here. And we'll, we'll stay in those two sectors for this uh, matter too. If everyone learns the lessons that we are, what I think we're being taught right now, I can see Melanin Tech being a pillar for all tech companies to have, to give their employees of color and even specifically their black employees, the resources, the support, the opportunities that they need. And they don't even have to be a part of that. If they don't need to, if they cannot figure it out, if they can't get it, let me help you. So that it could be a universal partnership across the entire industry. Now, if people do not learn the lessons that I believe they should be learning right now, I feel like Melanin Tech is going to be the liberation point of people of color in tech and black people in tech to finally see that maybe we are better off doing this on our own. Maybe we are better off creating our own companies, whether they mirror something that we love that's in existence already, or if we are creating things brand new, maybe we should all work together over here, create our own ecosystem until everyone is ready to work together again, because the show can't stop. We know it can't stop and we can't continue to sit and wait because that's all we've been doing for centuries. We've, you know, we are naturally, people of color are naturally more inclusive because that's all we've wanted to do for so long was be included. But I think we've all grown so tired that we're all like, maybe let's try to do it on our own. Let's try a different way. That path we were trying to take didn't work and it's not working. Let's take path B and let's get success there. So that was a lot, but yeah, those are my thoughts. <laughs> no, that, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. And to me, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, the main reason, like with any of these corporations that, um, well, any corporation, their main, their main focus is money. So if their money is threatened, they're definitely going to wake up and, and change their, their image or change their outlook on things like they all do stuff from a business standpoint. I was just talking about this with one of my past guests that it all comes down to money, right? Like if they are seen as someone who does not support black lives matter, then it's going to hurt them in their pocket. So mm -hmm. it only makes sense for them business wise to support black lives matter. And that's, that's the real, if we want to be real, that's the real mm -hmm. reason why a lot of them are doing it. Although it's appreciative in, in many aspects, but like you said, some of them, they're not really telling the truth. They're just doing it because they want to, they don't want to lose any money. Right. So you're yeah. definitely right about that. Yeah. And that's also something I'm ready to see change and, and something I hope to influence the change of. I'm tired of the performative allyship. Miss me. Miss all of us with that crap. Miss us. Like we want to see real changes, real perspective changes, real heart changes. Like as a human being, you should be changing the way you think and you feel about these certain situations, not just doing something because you know that we will take the coin and go somewhere else. Because as a community of black people, we have a lot of buying power. I don't know if we even realize how much that we have, but holy moly, 
We are powerful. And so I want people to change, not because you're afraid to lose our business, but because you are afraid. I don't want you to be afraid. I just want you to change. Like, is that We've gotten to the point now where it's just time for real hard resets. It's time to change. Absolutely. So what's next for Shanita and Melanin Tech? Well, so we did take um, a pretty huge pivot after the attempted lawsuits of last year. Um, and we actually took a hit. We took a hit. It, we completely shut things down for a while. Um, but since we have resurfaced, instead of just having a place to have community interaction and conversation in Slack, we've dedicated some time um, and we've been given this incredible platform to use to where we're taking the entire community and putting it inside of a platform. Now, within that platform, we will have our broader community, which will be Black people in tech all across the world. And then we'll also have our subgroups. So the subgroups will be based on um, skills that you have, that you obtain or skills you want to learn, career paths that you've already embarked on or that you wish to embark on. We'll also have some spaces for actual companies so the goal for us is to be the global ERG of every single um, employee resource group of every single tech company that is out there, because we do not feel like these employee resource groups are given the resources that they need while at those companies. So we want to make sure that people are and are given the space that they need also. But we're also going to work with vetting these job opportunities too. Before we had a pretty light process of just asking, you know, the CEO or the people operations or HR, whoever it may have been, like, tell me a little bit about your company. How do you fill out people of color? Like, what are your initiatives? But no, we're going hard now because now we see that a lot of people are performative. We see a lot of it's for show. So we will have a very strict vetting process before you're even able to advertise your job listing within our community. And we're going to just really work on creating that pipeline. And not even necessarily the pipeline for outside corporations, but the pipeline for you to build within. If you want to start a company and you need XYZ, I want you to have a place to where you look no further. You have everything that you need right there in a community that you can trust and you know has your best interests at heart. Um, and as far as what's next for me, I'm actually moving to Mexico City in October. So I will be taking, um, taking my talents to Mexico and not even in the sense of where I won't be focusing on, um, on North America because I still will. My focus, my, my focus is the entire world at this point. It's not even just on a, on a country by country basis. But I did realize that I feel more comfortable when I live in a different country, when I'm experiencing different cultures outside of the white supremacist culture that the United States has kind of built itself upon. Mm -hmm. So I've decided I'm going to change my scenery to see where my creativity can go to see how deep I can get back into this and really figure out the best way moving forward to help as many people as I possibly can. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Powerful stuff. Yeah. seems like you, you, like you're, you're constantly putting yourself in situations that are, are forcing you to perform. Um, and I definitely commend that. Like you've, you left a, a very comfortable job, I'm sure well-paying job as well, mm -hmm. to take on Melanin Tech full-time. And then now you're moving to a totally different environment to continue taking on Melanin Tech. Like you're putting yourself in situations to continuously perform. And, you know, like I said, once you're in a situation where you have to perform, usually it's, e it's either sink or swim at that point. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but I, I know you're going to be swimming. I know you're going to be swimming. 
Thank you. I, I think so too. And I'm scrappy. Like, you know, my friends and family will tell you I'm a scrappy young woman. I perform best when I don't have it all mapped out from A to Z. I perform. I enjoy being uncomfortable because I feel like that's where we learn. And mm-hmm. maybe it's because I've just been forced to be uncomfortable my entire life. So I, that was my norm. But for me, that's, that's where the magic is. And right now, you know, I think we all need a little bit of magic. So I'm just going to, it's going to go. This is a purpose round where entrepreneurs, creatives, and social impactors are asked a series of questions that highlight their true purpose. Welcome to the purpose round where we ask the right questions that really bring out the purpose behind our entrepreneurs and their journey. So Shanita, what is your purpose? My purpose is to help every black person within the tech industry obtain the opportunities and the career that they want and to make sure that my family knows that I got them. Cool. What is an everyday habit you do to fulfill your purpose? I talk to my family. I talk to my family a lot and it's cheesy, but sometimes I will be that person who gives them little motivational like quotes, like, Hey, you got this and all of that, but it feeds me and it feeds them. And that's what it's about. Okay. If you could have a conversation with one person living or dead, who would it be and why? I love this question. (laughs) It would be my gram, my grandma, Ethel Louise Blow. She's no longer with us anymore. She passed away when I was about 13. But um, mid-2018 up until the end of 2019 was the hardest time of my entire life because I was struggling very severely with depression and anxiety. And for the longest, I thought I was the only person in the family who had those issues. So I never told anyone. Mm-hmm. And so I found out that my grandmother also struggled with those things too. So I would just love to talk to her to see how she got through her moments, what she did, how she felt, and just talk to her woman to woman and also show her like, Graham, look at, look at me. Like, cause I have a different perception of success. It's not about how much money your cars or, you know, material things I can have. It's about the people I help and how much love I can give. And she's that same way. So I would love to just sit down, have a conversation with her talk about the love we are showing the world and, and I would love to get all of her recipes because <laughs> if you only had a hundred dollars to build a business, how would you leverage that marketing? I would spend a couple of bucks on a product or an idea of a product that I wanted to develop. And I would put the rest into marketing because people make your business now. Very true. What was your most impactful moment and what did you learn from it? Oh, my most impactful moment. You know, my most impactful moment as of recently was quitting my job. And without going into too much detail, what I learned from it is that I can do anything that I want to do. And it sounds so simple, but it's a real thing. You know, self-doubt creeps into a lot of our minds a lot. But doing something like that against everyone's, you know, better judgment it made me realize like, I am Shanita. I'm, I'm made for this and I can do exactly what I put my mind to. Hmm. What's the best advice you've ever received? You know, my, one of my best friends, uh, Rhea, she told me something randomly one day. She was like, start saying things without anxiety, without fear, and without any type of restraints attached. 
and let your thoughts and your dreams just lift into the universe like a weightless balloon. But she reminded me, like, when you do that, be prepared for what you ask for to come back to you. Because when you like let go of the anxiety and the fear and the restraints of what you really think your purpose is and what you want to do, it can happen. And it nine times out of 10 will happen. So my best advice ever received was just be a weightless balloon. See where it goes. Hmm. List your top three most influential books. Without a doubt, Becoming by Michelle Obama. Hello, Auntie. Um, <laughs> Sacred Woman by Queen Afua and More Than Enough by Elaine um, Welteroth. I feel like I'm always saying her last name wrong, but yeah, shout out to my Black women writing those books. I see you and I appreciate you. That's what's up. And tell us something that you think is true about business that most people don't agree with you on. Well, you know what? I think people are starting to see this more now, but business is personal. And if your business is not personal to you, move along. Because I want you to feel what you're doing. I want you to feel what you're putting out into the world. I want it to mean something to you and to the people you're catering to. So business is actually very, very personal. Hmm. Is there any last piece of value you can leave with our listeners? Yes. So there is something about the tech industry and probably any industry for that matter that makes you feel like you are not good enough right out the gate. Like you are in some way lucky that they chose you or they spin the narrative to make it seem like you owe them something for just getting hired. I want everyone to realize that is crap. You owe them nothing outside of your contractual agreements. They are lucky to have you they need you you are good enough and that space should forever do the necessary to remind you of how valuable you are and if they do not do that maybe it's time to consider finding a place that understands and knows your worth and that's it i'm happy you said that because um i have a few i know a few people who are in a situation where they're in a job like tech job sometimes and it's just they don't feel appreciated. Um, but that that perspective that you said right there is is actually powerful. Like just that thinking alone can can get them out of that situation. So I'm glad you said that. Yes, for sure. It's it's time for us to stop allowing people to write our own narratives for us. That's done. That's old. That's tired. This, this is a new day. We write our own narratives. We know what we deserve. We know who we are. And if you ever forget who you are, take a moment to remember who you are in this world. We need you. We need everyone here. Remember who you are. Don't let anyone tell you different. Absolutely. And how can the Purposeful Story family stay connected with you? Well, I am back on social media um, as of semi-recently. So my Twitter handle and my Instagram handle is just at Shanita Sims, first name, last name. You can email me anytime. My email address is Shanita at melanin.tech. Um, you can go to the website, which is melanin.tech. And I, I'm pretty I'm pretty much out there. You can find me. Just Google my name and there's there's some way for you to get in touch with me. And for anyone who needs to talk about anything, I do want to make it known. I'm not just someone who's going to give you my Twitter handle or my email and not respond to you. Let me know what you need. Let me know what you want to talk about. Let me know if you need a, an ear, a, a hand, whatever it is. Let me know. Cool. I appreciate you coming on the show today, Shanita. 
Thank you for having me. This was this was fun, and this is the first podcast that I've done for behalf on behalf of Melanin Tech since um, we came back. So I'm so grateful that that you even wanted me here to talk about these things. So thank you. I'm grateful as well. I'm grateful as well. And thank you, Purposeful Story family, for listening to the Purposeful Story podcast. And remember, live every day with purpose so all your actions are clear. Talk soon. This episode was brought to you by my senior editor, Podcast Doc. And the beats were created by DJ Nana. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. All it does is drive more listeners to the podcast as we continue to share more purposeful stories to your eardrums. Thanks again for listening. Talk soon.